0: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box thirteen at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radiodetectives and become. One of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I do want to encourage you to check out our other podcast, uh, in particular the Old Time Radio Superman Show. Uh, That is out at otrsuperman.com. And as I've mentioned, we're busy uh, restoring all all of the episodes that were lost on a uh, server a failure on our previous host uh we now have the uh final 532 uh episodes of superman uh available to listen and we're restoring uh the uh, remaining uh episodes we've got about 480 to go And I am now, uh, before I was just immediately slotting every uh, restored episode back into the slot in the show's history that it goes in. Uh, But to make it easy for people to listen to uh, the episodes as we're restoring them, uh, I'm actually going to uh, post them uh, dated for uh, the uh, immediate date. And then I will move them back into their spot in the archives uh, the week after the serial finishes being posted. So uh, you'll be getting uh, new episodes, uh, two episodes a day, every day, uh, Sunday through Friday. Uh, Just go to otrsuperman.com. And uh, you can uh, download those. Uh, Also, uh, we have The Amazing World of Radio at amazing.greatdetectives.net. Currently doing our Spring Alice in Wonderland series. Uh, But so many other uh, series we've done over the years. Check that out at amazing.greatdetectives.net. And then there's our World War II podcast 277 episodes of World War Two action. Check it all out at thewar.greatdetectives.net and then there's the video version of this podcast over at videotheater.greatdetectives.net Now it's time for this week's episode of The Fat Man. The original air date is January 13th 1955 and the title is Murder Repeats Itself.
1: There he goes into that drugstore. He's stepping on the scales. Weight: two hundred and thirty-nine pounds. Fortune? Danger. Uh.
2: Who is it? The fat man. <laughs> me on a job and asked me to come to her home. She's either afraid to be seen entering a detective's office for social reasons, or she's guilty of something and is going to lie all over the place. It was a former reason with this woman who said her name was Margaret Chandler. The address she gave me was downtown in the old part of the city. The house turned out to be one of those ancient four-story mansions that got its start in the days of Diamond Jim Brady. A maid ushered me into a cool, dark library. And I knew right away that Miss Chandler had never before hired a detective. Her sleek, soft slimness said 38 or 40, but her hands told the truth. Her simple clothes whispered money, and the cultured voice hinted at what the newspapers like to call the blue book set.
3: Come in, Mr. Ranyan. I'm Miss Chandler. Oh, that was the author. Thanks. I appreciate your coming here, Mr. Underhill. You see, I I couldn't very well come to you.
2: I understand. What's the trouble?
3: I hardly know how to begin. See, I've just done this last uh, you know I'm frightened, Mr. Underhill. I'm terribly frightened. I I can't go to the police. Why not? Because nothing has happened me.
2: You. You'd better start at the beginning, Miss Chandler.
3: It's my nephew Byron and my sister over the chasm. It started when my sister Eugenia remarried six months ago. Byron has always been a strange boy. And he seemed to resent his stepfather.
2: There's nothing so unusual about that.
3: No, I know. But instead of getting better, he's becoming worse. And then... Um, that week...
2: What happened last week?
3: Late at night. i was been listening to I brother's annoyance waking him. i heard voices in the study on the second floor. With my sister's husband and Byron, they were quarreling violently. What about? I don't know. But last night, I accidentally found a loaded revolver in Byron's room.
2: What were you doing in his room, Miss Chandler?
3: Oh, I had. I was looking for something. A book. I see. That's why I'm frightened, Mr. London. I'm afraid that Byron is going to kill his stepmother.
2: Aren't you jumping to conclusions, Miss Chandler? After all, a man doesn't usually murder somebody just because he resents him as a stepfather.
3: But oh, you don't understand. You don't know Byron. I've told you he's strange. He has a wild, vicious temper. Like his father. His father? Yes. His father had the worst temper I've ever seen. Oh, that's his father that hanging over the fireplace.
2: You said had the worst temper. Is Byron's father dead? Yes. Good-looking guy, wasn't
3: he? Yes, yes, he was handsome. He was stern and unrelenting, and his temper was terrible.
2: That's
3: funny.
2: Why? You're saying he was stern and unrelenting. Anybody looking at this portrait would think he was a shrinking violet.
3: I don't understand. The
2: eyes are looking sideways at the floor. It gives him a shy, timid look.
3: Oh yes. Yes, I... Yeah, well, you... I do see what you mean, then. I've never noticed.
2: The rest of the family, where are they? Why? I might like to talk to them. Oh, no. No, no, you
3: mustn't. Why not? I. Well, you couldn't leave them anyway. Mm-hmm. Jean in her room. She wasn't feeling well. And her husband is busy in his study. And Byron? No, no, no. Is he here? I think so. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
2: I see. He... Just what do you want me to do, then?
3: You don't understand. I want you to prevent another murder.
2: Another murder?
3: Yes, Mr. Runyon. A year ago, Brian's father was murdered in this house.
2: Well, come on in, Runyon. Hello, Mac. How's your memory today? Well, that depends. What do you want me to remember? Something about a murder that happened a little over a year ago. Ah, uh, there's lots of murders. Which one? A guy named Hale, Jonathan Hale. Remember the case? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure, I remember that case. I worked on it myself, and I wasn't ever really satisfied with it. Why not? Well, for one thing, it was all circumstantial evidence. Tell me about it. What happened? Well, what's your interest in it, Brad? Never mind. Just tell me briefly what happened. Well, as I remember it, this guy Hale, a Wall Street bigwig, was found dead in his bedroom, murdered. Shot? Yeah, twice with a German luger, but the gun was missing. Who found the body? His sister-in-law, Miss Margaret Chandler. Go on. Well, it seems this guy Hale had a violent temper really went nuts when he got mad. And he been mad at anybody just before he was killed? Yeah. He had an argument with a chauffeur, a guy named Foulmouth, and threatened to fire him. I see what was the argument about? Uh, Something about some money that was lost. Hale accused the chauffeur of taking it. After Hale was found dead, the chauffeur was discovered drunk in his room. The logo was in one of his dresser drawers and his fingerprints was all over it. Said he didn't remember anything. And he was convicted? Yeah, it was an open and shut case. But because of the evidence all being circumstantial, he didn't get the chair. They sent him up for life. I was glad because, as I said, I never did feel quite right about it. What other reasons did you have besides the evidence? Well, it was nothing you could put your finger on, just, just the way the rest of the family acted. How do you mean? Well, for instance, there was the son, a kid named uh, Byron. He acted like a nut. Sometimes he wouldn't say a word, wouldn't answer questions. The next minute he'd be raving around all over the place. How about the wife? He didn't show up at the trial. He said she was sick. Her sister, the one that found the body, was there every day, though, with an old friend of the family, a guy named uh, Alfred Gregory. There was a rumor that this Gregory had been too friendly with the wife, but nothing ever came of him. Nothing except the fact that Alfred Gregory married Mrs. Hale about six months ago. Married her? Yeah. Thanks, Mike. I'll be seeing you. Where are you going? I'm going to try and prevent a second murder in that house.
3: said you wished to see my sister Margaret.
2: Yes, isn't she here?
3: She's gone out, but I'll be glad to give her a message. Oh no, thanks.
2: I think I'll wait for her to come in.
3: But she may not return for some time. I don't
2: mind waiting. You're Mrs. Alfred Gregory, aren't you?
3: Well, yes. Yeah. I ask who you are.
2: Sure. My name's Runyon.
3: Runyon? But then you're the detective, my sister called. How
2: did you know she called me?
3: Why did she call you, Mr. Runyon? What could my sister want of the detective? Why don't
2: you ask her? It's
3: about my son Byron, isn't it? Isn't it?
2: What makes you think it's Byron?
3: Because people don't understand him. You mustn't believe Margaret, Mr. Runyon. She dislikes Byron. And... Virginia? Well, why, Alfred? What well, are I... you doing here
1: with this man? Who is he? I
3: was doing nothing Alfred. This is Mr. Runyon, a detective.
1: Detective? What's a detective doing in this
3: house? I didn't hire him, Alfred. Margaret did.
1: About Byron, you know how your room,
3: Eugenia.
1: But I... Do as I say. Yes. Oh, Mr. Runyon, suppose you tell me what this is all about. My sister-in-law has hired you because oh, of something no, Byron has no. done. I have a right to know about it.
2: I didn't say it was about Byron. Oh, come
1: now, Mr. Runyon, let's not beat about the bush. I suppose my sister-in-law has told you that he acts strangely at times. That he has a worse temper than his late father of that what my sister too, is What isn't true, Gregory? That Byron is not safe. He's wild, he's spoiled, and he's a spinster. Yes. He's the same you
2: You'd never know from the eyes
4: in his father's portrait that the son would be a spinster. Yeah. Look here, Alfred, I've just had about enough of your meddling on my affairs. Byron, I've told you not to interrupt me when I'm oh, busy. You've told me a lot of things. And You're going to tell me something else right now. Why did you tell the bank to stop owning my checks? Byron, this is neither the time nor the place to discuss such matters. And that's what you think. I'm warning you, Some Someday you're going too far. That's enough. Get out of here. I'll get out, all right. But if that mm-hmm. bank isn't notified at once to honor
1: my checks, you're going to be sorry. I'm, uh, I'm sorry you had to see that, Ragnon, but uh, perhaps now you can understand what I mean about the
2: boy. Yeah.
1: You never know what it's going to do next. However, he doesn't
2: he harm. harm his uh, mother's story. I don't think I'll wait
1: for Miss Chandler after all. So well, long, Gregory. Goodbye, Mr. Runyon. Oh, and uh, if I were you, I'd just... I'll speak to Margaret, then I'm sure she'll understand. Yeah, I'm sure she
2: will.
3: Mr. <coughs> Runyon? Yeah? I'd rather talk to you I've only got a second, but
2: But what, Mrs. Gregory?
3: My sister's lying to you. You mustn't believe what she says, and you mustn't do what she wants you to. She's trying to hurt me and cause trouble to all of us. Why? Because she's in love with my husband, Alfred.
2: Hello, Byron. I thought maybe you'd be in to see me this morning. I want to talk to you once. Well, you got the money with you?
4: What money? The money to buy me off. I don't know what you mean. I said I wanted to talk to you. Okay, I'm listening. Why were you talking to my stepfather yesterday? I thought you were going to do the talking. So I was right. He did hire you to frame me. Frame you for what? He hates me. He's turned my mother against me. He made her hate me, too. He lied to you, Runyon. I'm not crazy, and he's not going to frame anything on me. I told him to let me alone. I warned him. If he doesn't, Runyon, so help me out. Kill him. I didn't say that. Who murdered your father, Byron? What are you talking about? You know it was Elmouth the chauffeur.
2: Was it? So well, that's
4: That's what he's up to. He told you I killed Father. But I didn't do it, you understand. I didn't. Why do you keep a loaded gun in your room? A loaded gun? That's right. It's another of his lies. Your Aunt Margaret found it there the night before last. She's lying too. You must be holding Alfred. She hates me too. You're a popular guy, aren't you? They're not going to frame me, though. I don't even own a gun. I've never had one in my life. Not even a German Luger. Look here, Ronion, that's enough of that. I don't know what my stepfather's trying to do or why he hired you. But I do know this you didn't murder my father. The chauffeur did it, and he's in jail. They're trying to pin that on me. You're, you're making a big mistake. And so are you. Hello? Hey,
2: Ronnie. this is Mac.
4: Yes, Mac.
2: You know that Hale murder we were talking about yesterday?
1: What about it?
2: I just found out something might be interesting to you.
1: What, Mac?
2: The chauffeur, the guy who was sent up for the killing.
1: Yeah?
2: He may be able to help us find out the truth. No,
1: Mac. He
2: escaped from prison early last
1: It was all set. Not yet, Gregory. If you want to be of any help to us, the best thing for you to do is to keep an eye on Byron. I think I'd better keep an eye on all
2: of you. All of
1: us? Why? The chauffeur
2: escaped from prison last night. Escaped?
1: But, but but how?
2: I don't know. But he's on the loose. Unless I miss my guess, he'll be around to pay you a call. You've got to stop him running. He's a killer. We might think we're to blame. He he'll want revenge. That's right. The police can't they do something? They're doing everything they can to find him we would better ask them for a couple of cops to watch the house. Yes, sir. I'll call them right away.
1: Upstairs, the library. The chauffeur is here. Do you, do you think he's... I don't know. There,
2: on the floor, under the fortress. Eugenia! Is she... She's fainted. Raided? Yeah. Here, give me a hand. Help me lift her up. Here on the sofa.
1: Eugenia. <sighs> Wait, Runyon. I'm worried about her. I'll carry her to her room and call the doctor. Okay, you'll be careful.
2: What could have happened? I don't know. Why don't I stay
1: here for a few minutes?
2: No, no, of course not. What are you going to do? I want to see if I can find out why she fainted.
1: I'll stay with her until the doctor comes. Well, well. Mr. Runyon.
3: Mr. Runyon. Yeah? Quick, Mr. Runyon. It's Byron. Where is Byron? He's in his room lying on the floor. Mr. Runyon, he's dead.
2: The knife sticking in his heart. And this is where you found Mrs. Gregory? Yeah. She was lying there on the floor in front of the big portrait. Where is she now? Just before you guys got here, she seemed to be getting worse. So Gregory took her to the hospital. Any fingerprints on the knife? No, but it doesn't matter. It must have been the chauffeur. Yeah. Every cop in town's on the lookout for him. We'll pick him up soon. What did the sister have to say? Uh, Miss Chandler was in her room when Mrs. Gregory screamed. She thought the screams came from Byron's room. She went in there, found him dead on the floor. Well, you don't think she killed him, do you? Maybe. Ah, you're nuts, Brad. Scared silly. Besides, whoever killed Byron would have been messed up some. Put up quite a fight. Just look at the condition of the room. You said yourself she didn't have a hair out of place. I know it doesn't make sense. There are several things that don't fit together in this business. What? Why didn't we hear the fight? Gregory and I were on the first floor talking when Mrs. Gregory screamed. No, ma'am. Something is wrong here unless... Unless what? Unless Byron was already dead when I got here. You mean the chauffeur got in the house earlier, killed the boy, and then hid himself waiting to finish off some more of the family? I'm not sure the chauffeur was ever in the house. But you're crazy. That's why Mrs. Gregory screamed. She must have seen the chauffeur. Yeah. Must have been hiding here in the library, maybe in that closet over there. Yeah. She must have come in here, accidentally found the chauffeur, screamed and fainted. Yeah. Hey, what's the matter with you anyway? What do you keep yelling me for? You're wrong, Mac. It wasn't the chauffeur that made Mrs. Gregory scream. Well, if it wasn't the chauffeur, what was it? The portrait, Mac. The portrait of a late husband. What about it? Look at it, Mac. I don't see nothing wrong with it. When I first saw that portrait yesterday, the eyes were looking toward the floor. Now look at them. Hey, I noticed those eyes when I first came in. They look so fierce, and they're staring right straight at you. They seem to follow you all the way around the room. Uh They're
0: almost alive.
2: You mean this is a different picture than the one you saw here yesterday? Maybe, maybe not. But I don't understand where. You will. Come on, Mac. Where to? The hospital. I want to talk to Mrs. Gregory. Calling car 22. Calling car 22. Go to the corner of 23rd and 7th Avenue. That is all. Well, I'll still feel a lot better when we pick up that chauffeur. Three cops guarding the house, and the sister ought to be safe if he shows up there again. Yeah. Now, don't start that yarn again. I can't understand him. No word at all, the chauffeur. Every cop in the force looking for him, he's still gone. Call
1: Lieutenant McKenzie. I'm
2: calling Lieutenant McKenzie. They're calling you, Mac. Okay. Okay, come in, Sweeney. This is McKenzie. They
1: just picked out that escaped convict, out. The
2: chauffeur. Good, good. Well, <laughs> Runyon, there you are. That's that. Maybe. Where'd they pick him up, Sweeney?
1: In Chicago. Chicago? That's right, Lieutenant.
2: But Chicago is 600 miles from here. How could the guy be here and in Chicago at the same time? Come on, Max. stop us. We've got to get to that hospital quick. Yes?
3: Can I help you? Hey, we want to see Mrs. Alfred
2: Gregory. What room is she in?
3: Mrs. Gregory?
2: Yeah, we're from police headquarters. It's important.
3: Oh, just a moment. Yes? Doctor, there are two men here to see Mrs. Alfred Gregory. They say they're from police headquarters. Shall I. Send them
4: into my office?
3: Yes, sir. Would you step into the doctor's office? It's right across the hall.
4: Okay. Come on,
2: Hack. Hey, Brad, maybe she's still unconscious.
4: Well, I certainly got here in a hurry. A hurry? Yes, I called less than five minutes ago. You called us? Certainly. Why? About the patient Mrs. Gregory, of course. What about Mrs. Gregory? Somebody poisoned her. She's dead.
3: Hurry,
1: Mac. Hurry. I can't go any faster.
2: I don't get this business, Brad. I thought Mrs. Gregory was the killer. So did I, Mac, but I was wrong. Well, who was it? I'm not sure. There's the
3: house.
1: Nothing to report, Lieutenant. Everything's been quiet. Okay, Riley. Where's Kelly and Andrews? Kelly's in back of the house, and Andrews is in the basement. Anybody come in or go out? Sister's been here all evening. Gregory came in about half an hour ago. He's still here.
2: Good. Come on, Mac. We're going in. Hey, I still don't get it, Brad. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than I dreamt of in your philosophy. Huh? Now, what's the matter with you, Runyon? What kind of talk is that? Shakespeare, Mac. Shakespeare. I thought it was Macbeth, but it's not. It's not? Well, who who is it, then? Hamlet.
1: Hamlet? Hey, what do we do now? Upstairs. I'm going to look in the library again. Why? Never mind. Somebody's in there. I think we'll surprise them. Come on. Nothing's worrying, darling. Everything was normal. Hey, it was, yeah. No, I'm, I'm,
3: I'm afraid.
1: Nonsense. What the hell? Sorry to intrude, Gregory. Uh, you're not intruding. I was merely comforting Miss Chandler. She's quite upset over Byron's death. You have
2: to put your arms
1: round her to comfort her. Now, look here, Runyon. I don't like your implication. That's too bad. What are you doing here?
2: There was another murder tonight, Gregory. Your wife, Eugenia.
3: My she... sister?
2: Heard... Oh, Dad. Uh-huh. She was poisoned. But
1: how could the chauffeur have done that? He must have poisoned her when you saw him here in the library.
2: She didn't see the chauffeur in here. Of
1: course she did. That's why she screamed. You're wrong,
2: Gregory. The chauffeur was picked up in Chicago about an hour ago.
3: Chicago?
2: That's impossible.
3: Then he couldn't have murdered Byron. Are you Eugene.
2: No, he couldn't have done it.
3: Then who You're
2: is? a pretty smart pair. Too smart, in fact.
3: You don't think that we Oh no. Alfred.
2: You oh. had it all figured out, didn't you?
3: Alfred, what's he talking about? I
2: don't think he knows. You must be out of your mind, Runyon. Maybe I'd better explain. You
1: mean they were in it together? Sure they were. Oh,
3: no. What does it mean, Alfred? I
1: don't know, Margaret. Now, look here, Onion. The chauffeur wasn't in Chicago. He was here in this house tonight. That's why Eugenia screamed.
2: That's why you thought she screamed. That's where you got your bad break, Gregory. Don't be absurd. You see, Mac, Gregory is a pretty smart boy. He's had this all planned for a long time. I warn you, Runyon, you'll regret this. The two of them killed Hale and framed the chauffeur. No, it's not then true. Then Gregory married Eugenia. But they had to get rid of her and Byron, too, if they wanted to get hold of the money. So that's it.
3: No, no, I didn't do that. I swear I didn't. I I loved Alfred, yes, but I didn't plan anything. I, I didn't know anything. Maybe
2: she's telling the truth. I don't know. Well,
3: of course I'm telling you the truth. I... You... Oh, Fred? how could you? How
1: could you do that? He's lying, Margaret. He's
2: trying to trap me. You've already trapped yourself, Gregory. You see, you framed the chauffeur too well. He really thought he had killed Hale while he was drunk. You were behind the missing money, too. I was right all along then. The chauffeur was innocent. Tonight, when Gregory heard Eugenia scream, he was sure that the chauffeur had come back to get his revenge. And it's saw a perfect chance to pull off two more murders and lay the blame on the chauffeur again. But the chauffeur wasn't anywhere near here. That's right. He never even suspected that he'd been framed. It's funny, isn't it, Gregory? Mac, we ought to call this the case of the too-perfect crime. You're very funny, Brendan. Tell me some more. Okay. Maybe Eugenia knew you'd murdered Hale. Maybe she even helped you. But... She wasn't as tough as you are. She couldn't stand looking at those eyes of Hales in the portrait. And that accounts for the two portraits. There weren't two of her, There was only one. She simply had the eyes painted over. You never noticed it, did you, Gregory? And neither did Margaret. But Byron did. You see, Byron loved his father very much, and he hated his mother for marrying you. You've got it all figured out. Nearly. When Byron saw that the eyes had been changed, He thought his mother had murdered his father. So tonight, before you killed him, he carefully removed the painted over eyes so his mother would see the original ones. That's why Eugenia screamed, Gregory. Very clever, aren't you? Uh huh. You killed Byron because he was too near the truth about his father's murder. And then, when I told you the chauffeur had escaped, you saw the perfect chance to kill Eugenia, too, and blame both deaths on the chauffeur. How am I doing, Gregory? No, when Eugenia screamed, you were sure she'd seen the chauffeur in the library. So you poisoned her on the way to the hospital. The chauffeur was in Chicago. You go free now, Gregory. But you won't. You're going to the electric chair.
1: Oh, no, I'm not. You've got to go out to No, it, Runyon. No, don't
3: go, don't, 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 you fool. Drop the gun,
1: Gregory.
2: Drop it. Now
1: that. Put the handcuffs on him, Max. That was too okay,
2: Brad. Thanks, Miss Chandler. You all right?
1: Oh
3: yeah. yes, I'm, I'm all right. The bullet just missed me. It went in. What's wrong? The bullet. It hit the portrait. It's right through the eye in the picture.
2: Yeah. What do you know about that, Mac? I told you there were funny things happening in this world, didn't I? Things you'd never dream of. Yeah, that's sort of weird. Hey, uh, by the way, Runyon. What about this guy, uh, Hamlet you were
1: talking about?
2: Hamlet? Oh, he was an amateur detective who got himself knocked off because he couldn't make up his mind about a murderer. No kidding. Yeah. Well, let that be a lesson to you, Max. Never be in doubt when you're dealing with murder. <laughs> spend my life and getting into trouble and getting out of it. But at the same time, I generally manage to get some other people in and out of trouble, too. Be seeing you again. So long.
0: Welcome back. I was kind of interested on, in Brad Runyon's uh, take on Hamlet being a detective. And I can kind of see it. Maybe like a supernatural detective story since the way he was set on the mystery was having a ghost appear. But yeah, that is an interesting uh, view of uh, the play. All right, well, uh, listener comments and feedback now. And we're turning to Twitter and a couple of tweets. Uh, First, we start with uh, head... Vig, and I hope I'm pronouncing that, uh, in Sweden, Uh, she writes, I give you a very interesting conceit for an old detective show, The Fat Man. It's not a problem that he's fat, it's just a trait that he has and what people recognize him by. He is a very competent mystery solver, and he is fat. Also, the show had problems getting sponsors uh, because of potential communist ties. Uh, So there's that as well. Uh, well, thanks so much uh, for tweeting, Hedvig. Uh, and for those who... Uh, we, we've not discussed it uh, in a while. Uh, but uh, the communist issue uh, came in with uh, the writer uh, Dashiell Hammett. Uh, the series was ostensibly created by him, though his, um, his role in the series was he created the uh, characters and other people wrote them. And his main role was just to cash his check. Uh, But uh, he ran afoul of the House on american Activities Committee uh, for a lot of, you know, different radical uh, political ties. And that caused problems for... Uh, All of the uh, series that he had ties to, Sam Spade, The Thin Man, and The Fat Man. And they all ended in the early 50s and were radioactive for a few years after that. And it did have trouble finding sponsors, you know, when uh, that came up and it also hurt the theatrical release of the Fat Man film. It didn't always have uh, trouble finding sponsors. In fact, uh, there's a very, I guess you might say it's almost a little too on point uh, sponsor. The Fat Man was at one point sponsored by Pepto Bismol, and that was on one of the American programs. Uh, The Australian version didn't really have any trouble getting uh, sponsored or uh, its distribution. But uh, they don't really lean into uh, Dashiell Hammett having a role into it. It, It's not mentioned uh, at all on any of the uh, recordings that we've heard, which other than him coming up with the concept, he didn't really have anything to do with it. Uh, I think that makes sense, but thanks so much for the tweet. And then finally, we have uh, this comment from Richard, who writes, besides your true, yours truly, uh, Johnny Dollar, uh, Mystery is my hobby, is fun, man called X is okay, except for the little sermon at the end. But my favorite right now is without a doubt uh, the fat man behind uh, yours truly, Johnny Dollar. I don't know why I like it so much, but I do. I'm glad you play the stuff, even the stuff I don't like. Well, thank you so much, Uh, Richard. I appreciate uh, your uh, taking time to tweet. And I want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to thank Ashika, Patreon supporter since uh, September currently supporting us at the detective sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Ashika. And that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for The Man Called X, and we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of The Fat Man. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.